Welcome back to another episode of Pain Points. It's your boy, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle D. Uncle D, Uncle Daryl okay, D. Mix. The, the mad scientist. The mad scientist who is covering up this heck of an afro today for you guys. <laughs> um, got my main man, Samson, here. And we're back to talk the world, business, ultra politics, all the important things. All the important things. I'm not from Jamaica. All, all the, the important, important things, man. <laughs> the important things. <laughs> yeah, the important things. So we're going to jump in. Um, we got we got three things, two things to cover. We're going to talk a little bit about fentanyl and what it's doing, and in particular, an event that happened in the Bronx where a one-year-old child died as a result of exposure to fentanyl. Fentanyl, I think it's actually how it's pronounced. Fentanyl. Yep. I always say fet. It's fentanyl. And then we're going to we're going to look at uh, Mr. CEO, prime time of everything, yeah. Coach Dion. Uh, he gave a halftime speech to his team in the middle of what was supposed to be a, a stomping of the CSU Rams. Gosh, they played so bad. They played terrible. Uh, but we're going to listen to that. And what I want to submit to you and to our listeners today is this notion of how a leader communicates to their their people, their troops, yeah. in the middle of a crisis. So mm. keep that in the back of your minds, in your ears, as you're with us today. So jumping right in to the New York Post article came out a few hours ago. Bronx daycare, where one-year-old died of opioid OD, was obviously a drug front, says the neighbor. How could you not know? In quotes here. So, it was an open secret that the Bronx daycare center, where Tot died from fentanyl exposure, was operating as a drug front. A neighbor told the Post on Monday, raising crucial questions about how the site managed to pass a city inspection just days before. Mm. The plot thickens. Divino, Nino daycare owner... Gray Mendez de Ventura put a business sign outside the basement space in the Kingsbridge building touting the daycare site more than a year ago. Yet there were never any kids going in and out, claimed the woman who lives next door. We all said, how could you not know, said the longtime resident who's 69 years old. She declined to give her name, though. It was a daycare for a year with no children. For one year, she had a daycare with no children, but people go in, but no babies. A daycare with no children, men coming in and out, Yes, we knew something. We knew something. Something was not good here, the woman said. The neighbor claimed Ventura wouldn't even allow her own children to go into the tiny facility, which became licensed to legally operate as a daycare in May. Four months, just four months ago, before a one-year-old died and at least three were sickened um, there on Friday. Two months ago, she started getting children. She got one baby two months ago and then two more started weeks ago, but she didn't even take her own baby there, not once. So some context. on So this, this is the person who's running the yeah. facility. So there were three people involved, um, two in a romantic couple, and then one other person, I believe. So so clearly they knew people were getting on to them, and yeah. so they tried to build up the front even more by getting real kids in there? Well, yeah. So they, they knew that it was going to come down either way if they didn't have real kids in there. And so, but the thing is, I think this blew up faster than they wanted because there was exposure to fentanyl by these four little children, one of them dying. Yeah. And so the guy who actually was the owner actually ended up going off on the run. He ran, he ran. I think he's been apprehended. But why we have to start there is because this takes us to our video with Mayor Eric Adams um, and his talk with the city officials doing a press conference in light of this news. So this is this was a big news that kind of went through the city over the last couple of days because... Yep a one-year-old dying from fentanyl. The size of a penny 
That little corner you see here is enough to kill an adult. That little corner. So if you're bringing fentanyl in your home, laying it on the countertop, laying it on a place where your child sleeps, laying it near a crib, having it on your clothing, that little piece, that little corner, about the less than the size of a fingernail, a tenth of a size of a fingernail, can kill an adult. So imagine what it could do to a child. You are irresponsible as an adult if you have this inside your home. This is not the drugs of yesteryear. This is so dangerous. And just to think that we have to introduce into the lives of our children Narcan. You have to carry around Narcan. We probably saved the lives of three of those children because of Narcan. Because those first responders identified the symptoms of what these children were experiencing. What are we doing? What are we doing as a society to our children? This was probably one of the worst. Okay, right. So we see that. What are we doing? What are we doing? This can kill this. This can kill this, right? Never mind, never mind the moral fabric or the core of all the laws that run that city, of which he's supposed to be <laughs> the leader. He's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy, you know. Um, and that's what struck me when I was coming across this. I'm like, I understand from a, a presentation standpoint, you, you kind of have to lead with that. But when you start saying, what are we doing, yep. and you're the, the guy, I don't think that's a great lead up. You know, mm-hmm. in particular in this situation where literally, um, you know, New York City has places where people can come and safely use drugs. Right. As does Denver. Right. And so you're su- like, what Surprised? are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? You know, what are we doing? It's not like the drug problem's gotten better right. since that happened. It's gotten worse. Yeah. Something like 200, I think it's something like 285 people dying per month or something. I don't know. I have numbers on that, but it's, it's bad. And here he is saying, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's actually like, what are you doing? You know? And I think, um, as I, as I think about our audience of entrepreneurs, there's this piece of like, when do we take, take ownership? Like, at at what point? um, Yeah. I mean, what he should be saying is we messed up. We never should have legalized drugs. We should never allow these things. Those types of rules and laws are in place for the greater good of the community. And the pushback you always get from these people is, well, it's them. It's their body. It's their choice. They're not hurting anyone. But the truth is, is we're talking about what is the impact on society as a whole. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't materialize like when the first person does drugs. It materializes when the, the, the societal shift towards that either becomes apathetic because mm-hmm. it's not my business anymore or um, we just generally don't discipline people for acting in those ways. It's, the analogy that I lean on is driving, okay? The reason that you're supposed to drive on the right side of the road when you're, you, you know, um, or drive on the side of the road that you're supposed to drive on or not go over the speed limit or stop at the red light 
is because it's for the greater good. Mm. I could drive on the wrong side of the highway and not <laughs> kill anybody, right? It's like, well, I didn't kill anybody. It's like, sure, but if we start allowing everybody to drive on the wrong side of the road, mm-hmm. eventually somebody's going to die. Somebody's gonna die. And I don't know why when it comes to like these types of things, like either drugs or sex, that the moral compass and the, the overarching responsibility that we have as a society just like goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, do what you want as long as you don't hurt anybody. But the, the, the problem with that is when you do what you want, you always hurt somebody. Always. It always ends the same way. Like it, it, and so it's like, now let's contrast that with our guy prime time. Yeah. So check this out. Now, obviously for you listeners, the context is different. It's a whole different context, completely different environment, but ask yourselves, which one feels like they have command of the situation and clarity? And, about and just to set go. the scene, if you didn't listen or if you didn't watch the game, they were getting their butt whooped going into halftime. Yeah, they were. Getting this smacked. is a halftime speech, and a CU was supposed to dominate CSU. They got smashed in the first half. Um, they were getting smashed in the third quarter. They rallied back and won a double overtime. Mm. And this is, you know, probably the speech that maybe turned the tide for CU, brought them back down to reality. Yeah. Um, so it's in, in, in the heat of it, in the thick of it, about hey, if this goes wrong, it's on me. Yeah, is kind of what we're getting at. Hey fellas, 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 pay attention. Let's make up your mind how bad you want this. Let's make up your mind what you really want to do. Let's make up your mind what you're gonna sacrifice. Let's make up your mind how you gonna go back and focus for another half. We're better than this. We're better than this. Now you mess around and found yourself in a fight. I love you in the fight though. Because I know you can handle adversity. All y'all have dealt with personal adversity. Now we getting ready to deal with a team adversity. What you gonna do about it? Offensive line, come on, man. Stand up. Stand up. y'all getting nasty and dirty. No more self-inflicted wounds. Let's quit crippling ourselves. We got that? Yes, sir. We're not going for this no more. We're calling great calls. You guys gotta do it. Offensively, we call the right stuff. You gotta do it. We understand that? Yes, sir. Let's go out there and dominate this head. Let's dominate We are crippling ourselves. Mm-hmm. Ownership. And I love you in the fight were the two biggest things that I took out of that. Yeah. I um, love you. I'm in it with you. We're crippling ourselves. We can do better. Let's raise the standard to what we know is normal. Yeah. And we got a chance to get through this. Or he could have said, what's wrong with you What's guys? wrong with y'all? <laughs> are you ready to play or what? Yeah. Are we here? Are we not here? Yeah. You know? I mean, come on. How did we get here? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a team effort, you know, and uh, these, a lot of these politicians don't think that way. But I think the the core of being a great leader, yeah. um, it, whether that's in business, whether that's in sports, whether that's being a mayor or politician, is extreme ownership. Right. At the end of the day, it starts and stops with you, period. Mm. And you don't get to go and decide to be in that position to whom much is given, much is expected and not have extreme ownership. Mm. Even though maybe you weren't the source of the problem, you didn't vote it in, you weren't in government when the time that happened, it's still your responsibility to take care of the grander society. And that may mean taking some ownership that's not necessarily your fault. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good, man. That's good. I think from for our guys out there, I want to close with one thing. Can I close with one thing? Yeah, let's do it. I'm reading this book called The Traveler's Gift. Um, it came recommended last week to me by a friend. And the guy is in the world of a mess with his family. 
I mean, their lives are falling apart. I'm just looking at the camera here. Their <laughs> lives are falling apart. Uh, daughter's sick, no money, maxed out credit cards. Everything he's is done for. He gets fired from his job. He decides he's gonna he's gonna take himself out because hmm. he's got I got life insurance. We'll do this the easy way. Anyways, runs into a tree, ends up in this position where he is sitting. It's a dream, I think. I haven't finished the book yet. He ends up sitting down with Harry Truman after he hits this tree. And he's with Harry Truman uh, when Harry Truman's about to give the orders to drop the bomb, uh, the atomic bomb. And Harry Truman has a lesson for him. And he, this is the lesson. The lesson is you are responsible. You're responsible. And he says, I'm saying that outside influences are not responsible for where you are mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, or financially. You've chosen the pathway to your present destination. The responsibility for your situation is yours. Mm. And I was just like, what a, what a note on ownership, man. Ownership. It's leadership. It's leadership. At the end of the day, the first person who you lead is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Well, lead yourselves well. And yeah. Take ownership. And if you do that, you're going to be able to build a great company. Um, but you're not ready for entrepreneurship if you're not willing to take extreme ownership and understand that everything starts and stops with you. Mm, That's good. Until next time, folks. Peace out. God bless.